Welcome to this episode of Laughing Without Liquor, a woman's guide to living it up without the booze. Join your long-term recovery hosts, Lane Kennedy and Tamar Medford, as they have insightful conversations with others on an alcohol-free journey. We're glad you're here. Now let's dive into this episode. We're live. Okay, this is going to be good. It is, because talking about connection family mm-hmm. dynamics boundaries mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think i think people are going to be enlightened family dynamics are tough right boundaries tough yes yeah so i'm really excited uh you can find ellie over at the dude therapist podcast amazing human being i hope you love him as much as we did Tamar, let's enjoy the show yeah let's do it we also have some spray <clears throat> Uh, Tamar. Yes, Lane. I'm totally excited. And I sprayed my face today. See, that's what you're supposed to do. And not my glasses. The I last time the I had off. little speckles on my glasses. Do you guys have the same spray? Yes. Mm-hmm. What's it for? <sighs> to keep you alert and alive and refreshing and bring harmony into your world. Mm-hmm. So you're spraying drugs in your face? What are you spraying? No, it's just this little magical potion that I you make it. Yeah, I make it. It's yeah. it's refreshing. Yeah. Beautiful. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, this is going to be a great show. Uh, I'm so glad that you are listening. Thanks for hanging out with us. I'm hanging out with my friend Tamar Medford. And I'm hanging out with my friend Lane Kennedy. We also have a special guest with us today. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Ellie! Ellie's in the house. Ellie Weinstein. <laughs> who, who needs intro music, by the way? I- <laughs> Lane's going to do ours, actually. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. Oh, wow. (laughs) We have Ellie uh, coming in hot uh, here to share about breaking free from negative family dynamics and finding strategies for establishing healthy boundaries and connections. So Ellie is a fantastic psychotherapist? Work the... uh, Therapist? Yeah, therapist. You have the podcast, The Dude Therapist. I, I mean... The Dude Podcast. Who doesn't want to listen to that? Like, I do. (laughs) So we're going to get into uh, your story just for a moment. So our guest, Ellie Weinstein, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. I love this energy. Yeah. Can I hire you just to like, just introduce my guests when I have them on my show, just to do the intro music (laughs) and the laughter and the joy between the two of you? It's so fun. Totally. We love it. Okay, we'll talk about fee later. Um, (laughs) Yeah, right. So tell us about yourself. What do you do in the world to uh, make the world a better place? Uh, Hopefully I'm doing my best, you know, to do that. Uh, Try really hard. I'm a therapist. Uh, I specialize in relationships, parenting, and anxiety. Um, I'm married with three big topics. (laughs) Those are my specialties, which I work with couples, I think, one to three times a day, Mm. depending on the day and depending Mm. on the need of a couple. Um, or individuals within their relationships as well. For some reason, I love love, and I also love relationships when it's struggling and like simplifying mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. to be more productive and helpful so that everyone walks away with production and not the how does it make you feel question from therapists, Ugh. which I hate. So we're not going to do that today, and I don't do that any day of my practice. Um, and I like to say I give a heads up. I get a little sassy when it comes to relationships because my yes. style is no BS with lots of compassion. So I give myself like two to three sassy moments 
in a session or in a day or in a podcast. So I'll give fair warning when I get a little sassy. Uh, and I'm married with two to my beautiful wife, Ariella, for uh, eight years and two beautiful children, Ricky and Max. Um, she's almost four, going on 80. Um, I don't know. She said to me this last night, she's like, Daddy, you're ruining my life because oh. I didn't want to. I didn't want to let her have more tissues. She was playing with tissues, so she said I was ruining her life, which uh-huh. makes sense. You know, uh-huh. it's a terrible world. Though she's like, you can buy more. Uh-huh. So she's a teenager, so that's fun. And my son can't talk yet, so that's exciting too. So we're getting there. Wow. Oh, and you love love. That's what I heard tomorrow. I love. I love. just heard that. I love 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 love. We need love. more love in the world, Ellie. I mean, yeah. really, seriously. Mm-hmm. And I, I love agree. That you're working with uh, relationships because people are suffering in their relationships. You know, during the pandemic, uh, I didn't know. I didn't know what was going to happen, honestly, between me and my husband. Uh, but we are surviving and we're thriving. But a lot of marriages uh, got bumpy. I bet your practice yeah. exploded. <laughs> It did expand a little bit. Um, And it was just a funny thing. I always joke around that if you came out of COVID with your relationship intact and your health Mm -hmm. intact and some sanity intact, you were really, really lucky because we were kind of forced into situations that we've never dealt with because as the topic is today, natural boundaries of our life Mm -hmm. are really healthy. Mm -hmm. So people going to work, people leaving the house and coming back later, kids going to school. Right, mm-hmm. all these natural things that we're used to helps us survive mm-hmm. our day. And when those things fall apart, when my kids have to stay home from school, my I'm frazzled. Even though they're <laughs> they're great and, and and they're wonderful, and you know, it just it starts my day off frazzled. Like what? You're not going to school, so and I start glitching. So, so imagine that for two and a half years, every day just glitching, it messes with people's heads a lot. Oh my god! So my son finally, first time ever, has. The Rona. That's what he calls it. The Rona. The Rona. Yeah. And uh, we're on day seven and I'm I'm losing it. I'm glitching. I'm like, uh, uh. <laughs> like yep. it's got to stop. Just um, go so and get out of the house. I, I Yeah, I'm definitely getting out of the house. But it does. The, the dynamic shift, right? There's a there's yeah. shift in personality and perception, uh, the way that I'm moving about the house because he's upstairs with the Rona. But this can happen with anything. It doesn't just happen with a sick kid, right? It could be um, my husband's late or there's no milk in the refrigerator. And that can that can like literally start the day off with glitches. <laughs> yeah, and the intro that Lane does on a glitch day uh-huh. is much different than a normal day. The normal day is what you see here with the smile right in the right in their FaceTime mm-hmm. and the glitch mm-hmm. days is kind of like this. Oh. So bad. But, those are those are fun days though. Yeah, but that those are, you know, family dynamics, right? Being a parent, being a, a partner, right? There's so many things that happen in that 24-hour period. Like that's all I live by. I live 24 hours at a time. And I mean, I can go sideways 10 minutes into my day. And then I go outside and I'm, I'm free. Yep. I come back inside, and then I'm with my husband. I'm like, <laughs> right? It's like this. It's just a, a seesaw. Like I'm, I, I'm seasick. Yeah. Do you Help guys me. see? Do you guys see the new? There's a, an amazing show that was built called Shrinking. That was based <gasps> off of. It's the best show. Yes. Um, I was 
I want to just this morning. I can't believe you just show. said that. Because if you look at the next door neighbor and their marriage, oh. and he's about to retire, and yeah. you see the fear on mm-hmm. the wife's face mm-hmm. because she's used to the 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 structure of her day around the boundaries that are naturally created by him going to work for the past 25, 30 years and her shining her rocks and drinking in the day and going shopping and doing her things, <laughs> that now there's someone there who's just there. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I know for me, when uh, comparatively to when I have kids or, or when I didn't have kids or when I was married uh, in the beginning versus, you know, we are both in grad school and now we're both, you know, working – the structure of our days shifted. And like we, there's something that my wife and I do, and I don't know whose idea it was, and I'll just give my wife credit because she's awesome. So let's just say it's her idea. Um, that we kind of like the night before or the day or the morning of, we go like, okay, what do you need today? Mm-hmm. But like that includes space. That includes like, I would really like to watch ESPN in the morning. That's for me. I don't know why. For some reason, I care about sports and it's a waste of my life. Um, but or, you know, I would really like to take a bath or I would love if at night um, I had time to read or to journal or can you, who's cooking dinner, who's taking the kids, who like just so we structure. So there isn't as much glitching because we have an expectation of the day, because what glitches us is when we don't expect it and then it happens and then we just freak not that anyone did anything wrong, but like we're expecting things to happen the day and all of a sudden things get seesawed and we just go into error mode and yell, scream, get sassy, uh, maybe throw some chairs, slam some doors and say words that we don't mean. So like that's something that we started doing a long time ago. It doesn't work every day, but we're getting better at it depending on the day and how, how much we've gotten sleep because of our kids, you know? Uh, okay, first of all, I love that. I'm going to start using that. I find that my partner and I, we, I mean, I have, you know, I've been in a multiple long-term relationships. I was married at one point in my life and the connection wasn't there, right? It was, I would try to be vulnerable and I would try and talk about my feelings, but my partner was very like emotionally unavailable didn't want to go to therapy, didn't want to deal with their stuff. They're like, that's in the past. I don't have to deal with that. Now, I think I'm very fortunate that I'm a sober woman because throughout my recovery, I've learned to be more vulnerable. I've learned not to hide those those um, sides of myself that I think are weak, right? And so that connection piece there, how do you, when you have a partner now, today it's very different because I connect with my partner quite often and we talk about everything that's going on and and I know there will be bumpy roads ahead but when you have a partner that is you know not maybe willing to go to therapy and and you know might begrudgingly go or whatever how do you create that connection asking the hard questions today I love it um <laughs> right out of I'm gonna gate, say something a little sassy and controversial not in like a non-pc way just like <laughs> something that people might not agree with we like I don't it. think I don't think therapy is always the answer now, I'm a therapist and I love people coming to me to work with me on their relationship. But sometimes if someone's not ready or doesn't want to or is hesitant or aggressive not to, it's forcing a situation that they're not going to be productive in. So therapy sometimes isn't the answer. And a lot of times I think it is just to give that space for people to vent, talk, scream, yell, work through their things together with someone who is like a referee or objective pointing out observations and kind of trying to give real practical takeaways and tips for a couple. 
so sometimes it, it has to be the it has to be the right time. Mm-hmm. So if someone's not willing to do it, you're kind of like starting off on a bad. And there's so much research on that on the idea of it has to be the therapist has to be locked in and the person or individuals coming to therapy have to be locked into the situation, like amenable and agreeing to working on themselves. Because if neither of them, if one of them are not fully in, it fails. And it doesn't mean that someone gets hurt. It just means it doesn't help as much as it mm-hmm. could. And, and I will say that the, the first question I always ask people that have like the connection question is, okay, what does connection mean to you? Because how people connect are different. Some people connect physically, spiritually, intellectually. Uh, some people connect through food. Some will connect through just watching a movie. And, and analyzing it and, and loving the character that just popped on the screen or the Easter eggs in a Marvel movie that they talk about forever mm-hmm. or Star Wars or so we'll connect through family and some people connect through nature. Right now I live in Vegas and it's so funny that I've never worked with more people who are into nature and adventure. Like people are bouldering and like hiking and traveling to go like spelunking off of mountains, I think that's the word. Yep, I don't know if I, I don't know if there's an R in there, if it's spurlonking or spelonking, but I'm from New York and I say words weird anyway, so I'll just try my best. But like that's something that they're connected on. I remember I had a client once years ago. Um, I can say this now because he doesn't work. I don't work with him. He was one of my favorite clients I ever worked with. Um, I miss him very much. It was like a real connection. I, I loved working with that man. Um, and he once said to me, he's like, dude, he's like, Ellie, I don't like hiking. I'm like, but you're partner does so he's like so i'm like all i'm saying is put it in your rotation of priorities mm-hmm. that it's just in the rotation i'm not saying make it your number one she's your number one so if she's your number one priority and then you're also your priority and you have kids you have to learn where everyone's priorities kind of rotate within the the today's today's adventure mm-hmm. right the 24 hour like you said lane i love that like within this 24 hours whose priorities are coming up right now and if today your partner says, hey, I really want to go hiking, and you're like, oh, my God, I hate hiking. Or someone's like, I really want to go to Disney, and you hate Disney, right? I don't want to carry the kids and walk around. But you see the joy in that person. That is what you're focusing on, not the thing you're doing. So it all is about how you're connecting, and the whole piece of connection is joy and happiness between each other and that depth of a relationship. So that's where I start is what does that connection mean to you? And you know what? If it wasn't a connection, I'm happy you're not in that relationship then. You know, get out of there. I love connection. I'm all about best. it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the best. Mm-hmm. We talk about it all the time on the show here. We talk about community. And I find a lot of times, uh, you know, in the family unit, uh, I, I've run into this quite a bit, where there's one member who's very social. And then the other members are not as social and then it becomes uh, a burden or troubling. I'm thinking about uh, after, after school sports <laughs> and all that it takes for the mother uh, to engage in, you know, the three different practices per week and how you have to go to the games. There's three different games on the, on the weekend and this becomes a negative dynamic. This is not me. I'm speaking. <laughs> My kiddo does not do this. Uh, but I hear this a lot in a lot of, you know, household. Is It's like I have two children. I have three children. They all do different sports. They all have different activities. They all have different hobbies. And it becomes 
really hard for the parent to navigate. And so if you're thinking about what you were just saying about that connection and who, I think what I was hearing you say is like, or I guess maybe I need clarity on you now, how do you make a priority out of three kids and three different game schedules and your own schedule? And then you have a partner and then you have uh, you know, a dog and a cat. Like, how do you like find balance in that and navigate through all of those dynamics? Because it gets, it could get really ugly in your head about, oh, I have to do this again. Ugh. I hate it. Ugh. My husband's not doing enough. <laughs> well, first of all, like, I didn't realize how much of an effort it was to be a parent and go to all these games. When I, oh my god! I was on a hockey team when I was growing mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. and I'll be honest, I was a bench player. Like, I barely played. <laughs> My parents showed up to every game. Are you serious? That's awesome. Yeah. And I feel so, like, now that I look Loved. back on it, I once said Loved. to them a while ago, I'm like, I feel so bad for you. Like, you suffered watching oh. high school hockey mm. and your son barely played. Mm. Like, that takes commitment. And I'm sure there was some frustration. I'm sure there was some resentment and annoyance of, like, we're here versus something else. I'm sure. Mm. That's natural. And uh, only recently when I, like, look back on my life, I'm like, wow, that I was very lucky that that was a thing because not all parents can do that. So the first thing I would start was, can you do that? Can you physically, logistically show up to everything? If the answer is yes, power to you. If you can't, you need to find a community of people, a tribe to support you and your family to be able to show up. If it's a next door neighbor, the best friends, mom and dad who show up and cheer on and have a sign from you. Or you show up to those kids, right? So you make it work for everyone to feel loved. And Okay, I, I love yeah. this idea of having the neighbor or somebody else have the sign for you. I, I, I would have never even thought of it that. It says mommy loves you or, or yes. like go whatever the kid's name is and go make Johnny. sure that the kid make sure the <laughs> yeah. kid knows it's from you. Yeah. That you tell the kid before, mommy can't make it, but I made a special sign that they're gonna hold for you. And when you see mm-hmm. that sign, know that it's mommy trying to be there, but I can't show up. I have a work meeting. Right. I, I, I wanna, you know, I have to cook dinner or I wanna just have time to myself. I wouldn't say that to your kid, but like that could be the reasoning. Make up whatever story you want. Mm-hmm. But if you have three kids, let's say, all in the same age bracket of oh activities, yeah. it's impossible. <clears throat> Like, I live in a very small community. I'm Orthodox Jewish. I live in this beautiful community in Vegas. And I always see a lot of parents flipping off days of picking, you know, the kids up or, or taking the kids to dance and or to gymnastics or to theater or to soccer. And they have a rotation of who does what so that everyone can take care of their kids in some way or another. And I will say that we got to respect the effort. We gotta respect the effort for ourselves, and we better get our people to respect our effort. It doesn't mean it looks pretty. It doesn't mean it's always magical, and doesn't mean we're not screaming and yelling while doing it. Sometimes, just the kid get the kids in the freaking car and go for the day, right? Um, but that's really important. And the, the third thing I would say is we need to give ourselves space. So I always say this line. I say it very often that if we don't have 15, 20 minutes of our day for ourselves, something is very wrong. Because what you can do in 15 to 20 minutes could recharge, reset, and really reinvigorate your day and your life. And I'm talking taking a nice shower. I'm talking simple things. Having a nice cup of tea quietly in a corner, sitting and reading, watching your favorite episode of some, you know, 
comedy, whether it's I'm not going to name name comedies because who cares? <laughs> Your favorite comedy show that's 25 minutes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Sit down and do it. You have to. It's it's the you know when I hear oh I don't have time, you're probably right. It's a busy day, but we have to find ways to make time and cut other things, or wake up a little earlier or go to sleep a little later to make sure we have that effort. And sassy point number one of today's episode, you better get damn help from your partner because no one can do it alone. No one can do it alone and it's unfair Mm -hmm. and harmful for a relationship when one person is doing the effort of the family by themselves. Now, of course, we're not playing tit for tat. I did this and you did that. Mm -hmm. But we deserve to have people helping us out and being a part of the conversation and a part of that rotation because it will automatically create resentment Mm -hmm hate, and toxicity in the foundation of the relationship, without a doubt. And we don't want any of that. We just don't. No. We can't. No family, no person can afford that kind of resentment, especially for those people in recovery. One thing that I'm really hearing you say is, you know, get help, get help, get help. And a lot of women struggle with asking for help, right? So how can she... Like, what are her first steps in just saying, I need help, right? You know, because her husband's busy or her partner is busy. So how how can she muster that? Like, is it courage? Is it strength? Is it writing out a plan? What does she do? I love all those words. And I would say that she's damn busy too. So let's be real. Like, yeah. you know, just because the other person's busy doesn't mean they're not. And like, I wrote a sassy post about Mother's Day. I wrote, if you're waiting for one day to show your mother or show your father, mother or father, mm-hmm. all the love and you're not showing it on the daily or the weekly of appreciation, gratitude, you have a big relationship problem because I think that every day we have an opportunity. Now, my wife knows I love her every day. My kids know I love them every day. I know they love, well, I don't know if my kids love me every day because they're sassy little kids, but I put them to bed and they wake up in the morning smiling at me. So... It's something, right? But Ellie, you're a therapist. So? And you put love at the the forefront, right? I'm a human. I suck some days. I'm terrible some days. Really? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? I'm a human. I'm not perfect. I I, I mess up all the time. I mess up all the time. I mean, I get into arguments with my wife and I'm a relationship therapist. I mean, come on. That's weird. But I do (laughs) it because I'm a human and I get in my own things and I fall into the patterns that I'm telling other people not to do that I'm doing myself because... I'm not talking to myself because and giving human. myself the advice. Exactly. But I think that you're I think it's such a sad truth that you're talking about, Lane. It really breaks my heart that women feel that way. It really does. That they've been conditioned to feel that they have to be quiet and reserved and not ask for their needs. And I think you had that you hit the nail on the head. It is courage. Mm-hmm. It is courage because they have been conditioned to tell to be told, put your head down and do the work and don't ruffle feathers. Right? And to me, the perspective of you are going to ruffle feathers by asking for help is the key issue mm. because you're in a unit, right? You're in a unit and a buy-in for each other. So anyone listening who is in the beginning of a relationship, first dating, or just hearing this and having hardships right now at some point, start small with the conversation. All it means is that we are not pointing fingers. The key is not to go, hey, partner, you suck, do better. That's not going to have a good conversation. It's going to be defensive and angry automatically because you're coming in too hot and too aggressive. Mm. The first thing is, hey, babe, honey, my love, whatever cutesy term, my passion fruit. I don't know. Um, 
and say, hey, I really need to talk to you about something and I'm a little nervous and a little worried to say it, but I need to say it because I've been thinking about it a lot. And just go, hey, I really feel like I'm doing a lot and I know you're doing a lot too in your own way. You have to add that because they're doing their own things just because it's not the same. And I really want to talk to you about making a plan about how we can help each other out to not feel so overwhelmed. Because that's what it is. I feel overwhelmed by all the responsibilities. And I know you have responsibilities too. But if you come in hot and go, hey, I'm doing everything and you're doing nothing and sit on your butt, that's going to be an argument and it's not it's not going to actually help you. It might feel, you might actually be expressing what you feel. That is exactly what you feel. But the point of the conversation is be productive and get help. And start small, small things. Hey, babe, can you be more aware of the dishes? Hey, babe, can you can you please close the cabinet doors? I keep bumping into them. I don't know, whatever it is. And the second thing I would add is show gratitude in very small ways in things that are a given. Things that are a given. I'm saying like if someone does something that they always do and they will continue doing it because that's who they are, thanks, babe, for doing that. Hey, honey, that was... I, re- I saw you do that, right? So there's a research study that came out this, I think, two years ago that men to women comparatively, the top five things that they need in a relationship, number one for women is to feel loved. What that is for each woman is different and for men is to be seen and respected. Now, to be seen is in the top five of women and to be loved is in top five of men. But number one are those two things. So if that's just being appreciated on both sides, So you just got to start there, small. Okay, that's a big note right there, Tamar, to be seen for a male and to be loved for a woman. Uh You could start the conversation like that, right? Yeah. Hey, babe, I read the study or I was listening to the show Mm -hmm. and Ellie said. Mm. (laughs) This therapist said something on, you know. And I just want, I, I thought you'd enjoy it, you know? Yeah. You know how people ask me like, hey, can I have that episode? I really want to share it with my husband. I'm like, sure. Because they think that because they hear it from me that all of a sudden they're like, it's going to change their mind. But you know what? If someone truly loves you and cares about you, and I mean this with all my heart, and, I, and I'm, this is a sassy but really heartfelt thing. If someone truly loves and cares about you and tells you and has committed to you, when you are real and vulnerable, they better and should listen. Whether something changes right away, they better listen because they actually are telling you, I love you and I care about you. So if you come with sensitivity and you come with vulnerability and you come with that heart and you show them your heart and say, I'm really struggling, I need your help. I would put money that eight out of 10 couples, the other partner would be like, what can I do to help? And if they don't, you have a really big problem in your relationship. If someone says, I'm struggling, I need your help. And they're like, Oh, who cares? That's a you should not be in a relationship with someone like that. <laughs> That's like bye. <laughs> if they're saying they love you and you're saying I'm struggling, and they're not showing that way, that means that they really don't care as much as they're saying. Mm-hmm. Right? It's through the action, it's through the effort. So you gotta just say, My heart. You show them your heart. Because no no mom, dad, partner should ever be struggling on their own and alone. And it's not your girlfriends or your buddies who are going to help you. It's the person who's actually there with you doing it every day, you know, in the house, in the home, with the family. So that's my heartfelt sassy number two, I guess. I have have one more. Oh, gosh, I only got one more. Okay. I can't wait for the next one. But, I, you know, and hence the word partner, right? Partner is doing it together. And, you know, 
one of the mistakes that I've made in previous relationships was focusing too much on other things. And work has always been an area where if I love what I'm doing, I will focus on work. And oftentimes, like especially when I became an entrepreneur in my last relationship, mm-hmm. I would work all evening and start to take my partner for granted. And now being a co-parent, I'm finding that I have to be very intentional about the time that I put aside to spend with my partner because there's three kids in the house. My question to you, I guess, is I see a lot of, you know, women in my life that we talked about this, putting your kids in every sport they could possibly want. And every single day of the week is spent taking your kids to sporting events. Like, And some of them do it all year. And I've seen friends of mine fall apart because their connection is is lost right they don't do these these dates and we actually have specific nights now that we're like sorry kids this is our night and this helps us be better moms i love that this conversation made me very emotional i don't know why i love it i love it it. i don't know my heart is just like i don't know i'm I'm in an emotional mood today i love it um Let's be honest. It's every day. I'm, I'm an emotional person. Um, so the first thing I would say is like I love that 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 way of saying it. If you love your work, awesome. Love your work. Like that's the worst thing that should happen to you. That you love your work, right? Like most people hate their jobs and they're like, oh my god, I gotta do this again, right? So you love your work. That's awesome. But the thing is that there just has to be space for th- other things. Mm-hmm. The hard thing is, and I think this is what you're getting at, is like how do you make space for everything? You can't. You can't. It, that that is the Number one equation, equalizer for burnout. It's it's anxiety inducing, it's a stressor, it's overwhelming, and you will just be a hamster on a wheel trying to keep up with everything. So the first thing is sometimes, and I know this might be hard for parents to, to think, is you got to say no to your kids sometimes. That like you can't do this extra thing, like we need to have a break or we can't afford it. Or And I'm saying for real, if you can't, don't do it. Don't extend yourself. Your kids are going to be great and wonderful and fine if they don't have the 17th extracurricular, right? And on top of it is make a schedule, a joint family schedule. Mm -hmm. Even though I hate joint family schedules because like this doctor appointment pops up and this thing comes up and I'm like, and then I think I have no time in my schedule because I see all the different colors and I realize, oh, that's not mine. That's, you know, my wife or my, you know, this thing or that thing. But it just lets everyone see whether it's in the main living room and it's a physical calendar or on your phone, that everyone knows where they're supposed to be and everyone knows whose responsibility it is to be there. And on top of it is I love that you have date night. I have a friend of mine, every Saturday night they get a babysitter. Mm-hmm. Every Saturday night without fail they get a babysitter. And one of the things that I, I say often is that the couple, the unit has to be non-negotiable. And I mean that also with the relationship with your kids. But first, start if you guys are not good, the team, the team is going to fall, the starters of the team, the all-stars, which are the parents, are going to fall apart. And if they can't show up to a game, you're probably going to lose. You're probably going to lose. And, and and that looks different every day. That means you might not show up well. You might forget things. You might not be the best self that you can be that day. Mm-hmm. But the all-stars have to have their time to shine. And that means date night. And I would say if it can't be weekly, it better be once a month. Now, of course, we have to be compassionate to people, different stages of life, different financial struggles. I know having a newborn kid, he's not newborn anymore. He's about a year or so. He's like 16 months. 
it's just a little different because of bedtime distinctions between him and his daughter, his, his sister, and you know how tired we are because he doesn't sleep well. You have to be compassionate to that. But when you have a chance, take it and put your phones down, connect, have fun, enjoy each other, and just remind yourselves why you guys are a good team. And right there, reminding, reminding. remind yourself. Reminding. Just remind yourself. Like it's I all have... about that headspace, you know, because it is hard. There's so much to do in this life. There's so much to do. And there's so many responsibilities. So you have to create a rotation. You have to create who's doing what. And there is this really sad thing that happens to women more than men called the mental load, right? Where it's, they're just, they're in a constant state of thinking of everything, right? Just think of everything. I'll, I make this joke sometimes. My wife remembers every medication my kids are on. And I don't. Yeah. Like the names. I'm not talking about doses. I'm talking about the names. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how do you remember all that? She's like, I have no freaking idea. It's just there. It's like up here of like, oh, this has to be taken care of and that has to be done. It's too much. You can't do it yourself. So write it down. Make a plan with your partner. Make a plan with your kids. If it's a chore or something that they can do, let bring them into the responsibility of the unit and of the home. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a beautiful lesson to say you are also responsible of our home. Not paying the bills, uh, but things around the house that mommy and daddy or mommy and mommy or daddy and daddy or whatever the partner structure is, mm-hmm. isn't responsible for everything. We just can't. We need your help. Empower your children too if they're old enough, you know? Well, I think that goes along with like the boundaries, right? You're setting your kids up to know how to have boundaries in their life. And how important is that? That's so, it's everything, you know? And one of the yeah. things... I wanted to mention was I heard this a while back and it actually really hit me is that our partners and I've only now been able to be a co-parent, but hopefully, you know, our partners will always be there with us. I know that the divorce is high and that doesn't happen for a lot of people, but your kids eventually are going to move out and move on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, hopefully you're a close family, but your partner will if it works out, always be there. So to keep that relationship strong, like you said, like that foundation, because you can be better parents. Mm-hmm. I think that's a struggle with a lot of uh, baby boomers right now. Like my parents are in that age of like mm. the 60s and 70s year old or even the 80s. Um, not year, but age mm-hmm. um, of like the 40s and 50s, 1940s, 1950s born um, is that they had a structure where their relationship with their kids was number one, hopefully. Of course, it was different than how we parent and and how we look at children and treat them. Not good or bad, just different research and different, not as much access Mm -hmm. to the amount of beautiful work that's in the today's world of parenting. And then all of a sudden, their kids went to college and they're like, who are you? Like Mm -hmm. they look at their person and they don't even know who the person, not that they're a different person, they just lost touch with each other. And, you know, I commend a lot of families and parents, especially parents, where it's the connection is just acute. Every week we play Scrabble. Every week we play Monopoly Deal. My in-laws love Monopoly Deal. It's a great game. If you don't want to sit for three hours playing Monopoly, it's a card game and it goes so much quicker. I have ADHD and I can't sit there. I'm like, I can't do Monopoly. Monopoly Deal, boom, boom, boom. We're happy. But like those little things, those cutesy things are like sitting at night by the fire having tea. Mm-hmm. Right, just Pickle talking ball. about your day. Pickleball. I love pickleball, Lane. <laughs> Lane, how'd you know? I, I 
to pickleball. I'm in the like, West Coast. I, pickleball, yeah. what's the line? It's the fastest growing sport in America. It's the fastest growing sport. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like those things are really cute. Taking walks. There's one of my yeah. best friends growing up, still one of my best friends. I call his mom on Mother's Day every year mm. um, because like that's the relationship. I, we were on the corner. Her and her husband take a walk every morning. Whether it's and they live in New York, so it's rain, snow, sun, humidity, cold, and they have like different jackets and like mm-hmm. this, you know, uh, uh, you know, they walk every day. That's nice. And they take that thirty minutes of walking to connect. Now, let's be honest their their youngest kid is in their twenties. Mm. They can, but I remember do, I remember them doing this when they were teenagers, what? when the kids were teenagers. Like this is just something important. So you have to be compassionate of different stages of your family. And what is actually practical and realistic. And if you can do more, do more. And if you can't, find the minimal amount of connection that you can do. Even if it's 10 minutes. There's this uh, research done and I forgot the... uh, I read too much and I forget who wrote what. It's a problem of mine. Um, That they they had like the nighttime routine. Right? Whether it's going to bed 10, 15 minutes later and just talking. Mm. Or waking up 10 to 15 minutes in the morning and having coffee and talking when it's quiet. Those nighttime and morning connections can change the relationship of just feeling like I know I have a bookend or a start of my day with my person, and it doesn't have to be serious. It could just be joking or stupid things or just, hey, what did you do today? Mm-hmm. Just simple questions, right, that are not yes or no, but deeper open-ended questions so you get to know your person and continue to learn about your person. I have to tell you, the, the walking, you know, during the pandemic, my husband and I started taking walks every day, and it transformed our relationship. I think that's one of the reasons why we're still married, honestly. It's just, uh, and we try to do it as much as possible still. I mean, you know, it's like, sometimes we don't even talk. Sometimes we just walk. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful commitment to our unit, mm-hmm. just us being us. I love that. Yeah, it's been really, really cool. So, uh, Tamar. Blaine. Anything else? I th- there's a lot of sassiness that came out of this one. I loved it. And yeah. connection. I mean, we're all about yeah, connection. All about connection. I know. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. and especially, you know, like we talked about, women don't ask for help. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's okay to not be okay sometimes. You know, I always say that to people and I just, I hope that whoever's listening, and I, I'm sure they enjoyed your sassiness because I yeah. think we need a little bit more sassiness. Um, so it's thank sassiness you with love. It's sassiness, sassiness with love. 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 But I hope love. this inspires, you know, people to to actually ask for help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, okay, go ahead. Sorry, one more thing. Yeah. And that not everybody needs therapy. Thank you for saying that as well. Yeah. I might I might get kicked out of the therapist group of every group that I'm in, um, saying that. But if you find it's like, oh my gosh, he said this, get him out. Yeah. Um, but if you find help somewhere else mm-hmm. or wellness through other things, and you feel whole and full, it's great. And if you feel you need a little extra push or someone in your corner, therapy's great. Yeah, it's not for everyone. It's not. It can be for and it should. It can be for everyone. But it's not for everyone. It means the door is open, but it doesn't mean you have to always knock or go in. And if you try therapy and you like it, great. And if you try it and you don't like it, you can leave. You're not trapped. It's okay. You can leave your therapist. They will be okay, I promise. 
Um, but in the end, you just have to find what works for you that makes you feel better. And that's, that's healthy and like well and not something harmful or hurtful, please. Mm. Love it. I'm loving this. I'm loving this. Ellie, I, I just love hanging out with you because love is at the center of your message, which fires my heart up. Uh, and when we're all fired up with our heart, we're living in a state of coherence, which makes the world such a beautiful place. Uh, people can find you at The Dude Therapist, right? That's my podcast uh, Instagram. And my 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 main thing is at Ellie Weinstein underscore LCSW. And then my website's the same thing, EllieWeinsteinLCSW.com. And please reach out. I don't yeah. care if it's to say hi. I don't care if it's like, hey, I need help with this. If I can't help you, I will try my best to find something or someone who can. And thank you guys for having me on. It's like love is a a beautiful thing. It doesn't have to be so ridiculous or out there. It can be very simple. And I think the more connection we have and the more love we give to other people, I don't care how simple it is, this world will be a lot of better place. So good. Mm -hmm. Tamar, thanks so much for hanging out. It's been fun as always. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Laughing Without Liquor. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Living in recovery can be a blast, and we're glad you're laughing without the liquor with us. We hope you'll join us again in the next episode. Until then, take care.